Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. We'll rock it like you're never going to see us again. Come on Tonight, this Wednesday night, the 29th of August, 2012, we are here once again with this show about anything and everything that tells it like it is. Tonight, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on if you uh, if you like my tag team partner or not, I will be flying solo because, as the kids like to say, YOLO! No, that's actually, that actually has nothing to do with it. Uh, Joe is attending to a family situation. Of course, our prayers go out to, uh, you know, the Bacino, uh, excuse me, sorry, the the Joe B family, <laughs> as I just threw it out there, um, and everything uh, everything be okay and things turn out well on, on his end. There's a possibility that he might be calling in to join me, but basically, you're stuck with me, folks. Of course, I am the talent of the Pure Gold team. Everybody knows that. Joe knows it. President Obama knows it. Uh, presidential candidate from the Republican side, Mitt Romney, knows it. All the fans out there listening to PureGoldPG.com know it. Woo! Once again, uh, make sure you check us out. Speaking of which, PureGoldPG.com is our website. You'll notice we have an old poll question up from last week about the uh, the Mets, but, you know, you can pretty much ignore that. Hopefully in the near future we'll be getting back to some poll questions. But, of course, uh, tonight's show, it's going to be action-packed. Like I said, possibility that Joe might call in. There's a chance that some other people may call in. And, of course, at the 7 o'clock hour, I will be joined by my guest for the evening, the uh, lovely and talented Miss Jen Lilly, who was playing the character of Maxie over on General Hospital, but that has come to an end. Her pure gold reign is over, and of course we'll be talking to Jen to see what else she has cooking, what else she has coming up the pipeline. But if you check us out, again, our website, you can see everything going on. You can see last week's awesome episode with the singer Sahara Star and, of course, our wrestling manager Heather Lynn. Um, Next week we're going to have sports reporter, the one and only the incomparable Tina Servacio, and uh, for those of you who like soccer, for those of you who like Knicks basketball, for those of you who like just about anything sports-related, Tina is all over the place, so we're excited to have her on. We are working on several other guests that we're in the process of getting. There's there's a good possibility that the week after that, which would be uh, September 12th, we're going to have Miss New Jersey, not Miss New Jersey USA, but the 2011 Miss New Jersey, Brielle LaCosta. That's right, we're, we're moving away from the Miss USA circuit, at least for this minute, and we're going to go into Miss America. Uh, you know, we're going to have her joining us, and of course, like I mentioned earlier, we're in the process of trying to get 
quite a few different guests on the air. Um, you know, we're always looking. We're trying to get wrestlers. We're trying to get just about everyone as the uh, the Mets season has, you know, officially come to a close as far as I'm concerned. I know I'll be talking about that in a second. But um, with the Mets pretty much being done and the, the, their aspect, that part of the season is over, you know, we're going to be shifting our attention to some other things. We're going to be talking a little uh, WWE. We're going to be talking, you know, Unfortunately, just a little WWE, not too much, and we're going to be talking uh, other topics. So it, it should be fun. It should be uh, you know some good work, of course, here in the Pure Gold team uh, tonight. The Giants are playing the uh, New England Patriots, which of course is the fourth and final game of the preseason. And honestly, who really cares? Just had to throw that out there. Next week they'll be getting started against the Dallas Cowboys, and that should be fun. That should be interesting. And you know what? Since we're on the topic of football, since I uh, started out with that, for the first time ever, the one and only DG, that would be me, I have joined the Fantasy Football League. No money is involved on my end because I'm, I'm not a gambling man. That's just not my thing. You know, for those of you who might be, you know, have gambling problems, you can, of course, talk to Gambler Anonymous. But uh, in this case, I'm joining a Fantasy Football League, which is on NFL.com. And, uh, you know, for the first time, I decided to throw my hat in there to see if I like it. You know, I like football. I'm a fan of it. Uh, not as big as baseball. Unfortunately, the Mets are awful. But fortunately... The Giants are a wonderful team, and of course they've given me two wonderful Super Bowl victories in the last four years to be, uh, you know, to hang my hat on. So I'm excited about that. Um, you know, the fact that the Giants are coming in once again as the defending Super Bowl champions, once again getting no respect, but once again having a superior team to the the, the boys across there, like Gang Green. That's unfortunate if you're a Jets fan, which of course my my tag team partner is. Shame that they're so terrible. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. What can we do? You know, you can't. The Jets, the Jets have gone three straight weeks without scoring a single touchdown, which, of course, that's a, that's a record in preseason futility for them. I think they haven't done that in about, in about 35 years or so, and uh, that pretty much tells you all you need to know about the New York Jets. I don't know what they're doing to Mark Sanchez. I don't know what they're doing with this whole Tim Tebow fiasco, debacle, whatever you want to call it. But um, Mr. Tebow... I don't think he's going to be the savior for the Jets. The Jets need to put their, their trust, their offensive weapons behind Mr. Mr. Sanchez, and they don't have too many of them to speak of. But the Giants, on the other hand, do. The Giants, obviously, are looking forward to a, a good year, an exciting year. And, uh, yeah, I think the Giants are going to get the job done. You know, am I am I going to sit here and, and tell you that the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl? No, probably not. I don't expect them to repeat. But uh, you know what? Hey, you never know. The Giants can – nobody expect. I mean, nobody expected them to win it last year. You can be a dire Giants fan. I don't think anybody went into that season saying the Giants are going to win it all. Eli made his proclamation, of course, that he was, uh, you know, one of the top five quarterbacks in football. And you know what? A man proved it. He went out there, got the job done, did what he had to do, and he's awesome. He is an awesome quarterback, and I think that he's going to lead this team to victory, as it were. But, uh, you know, getting back to the whole fantasy football aspect of the game, um, I, I had the draft last night, 7 p.m., and I was gonna, I was trying to get a co-host on the show because this was a last-minute thing, the situation with Joe and, you know, his family. And, unfortunately, I, because it was last minute, I wasn't able to get anyone to come on the air. But uh, Laura, who is, uh, you know, one of the she's, – she's called on the show a couple of times, and she's been a part of the show a couple of times. She writes for, for Double G Sports, as it were. 
Um, she's actually doing a draft tonight, so she betrayed me, which, you know, what could I expect, right? She betrayed me and didn't decide not to come on. But uh, <clears throat> moving right along from that, um, in this whole in this whole aspect of, of uh, fantasy football, 7 o'clock last night, I got home from work, full-time job. I was not able to be a part of the draft. I wasn't able to draft for myself. And unfortunately, the computer, the system, NFL.com, ended up drafting for me. Now, I'm going to go through some of my players here so you guys can uh, see the situation. Now, unfortunately, the the number one quarterback that they drafted for me was Tony Romo, uh, ironically enough. Uh, As a matter of fact, the only giant anything that I have on my team is the Giants defense, which I actually wanted the Jets defense. Then the Giants are a little, uh, the, the Giants are a little bit in fear when, when it comes to Jets in terms of the, the defensive end. But of course, with OC, with Tuck, with my boy JPP, the Giants should be good. So hopefully they'll be able to give me some points on the defensive end and not give up too many. Uh, Romo was my starting quarterback. My other, my backup was Matt Ryan of the Falcons, and of course I had to uh, flip the channel on that because I definitely, and I mean definitely, did not want. Uh, I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want that to be a little, little scenario here. Um, I didn't want to have to deal with any of that. So, in terms of in terms of this situation, I uh, you know I have my teams here. I have my my players. Uh, you know, again, I I got Ryan as my starting quarterback. I have Matt Forte from Chicago from the Bears, who is my starting running back, along with uh, LaShawn McCoy of the Eagles. And the thing is, I find myself in an awkward position because my main tight end right now is Jason Witten, who's coming back off injury. Um, I'm pretty much rooting for my enemies to do good just so that, you know, just so that I can do well in fantasy football, which I guess is a dilemma that a lot of people run into. But, of course, you know, if they, they lose every game 42 to 35, I'd be happy. Put up some points, get me the wins. But I, of course, of course, do not want them to uh, to beat my team when they play them. And, of course, the Cowboys, like I said earlier, do play the Giants uh, in the first game of the season, which is next Wednesday. Um, you know, but aside from that, when you look at it, uh, I have I have one jet, as a matter of fact, Antonio Holmes. He's on my bench. He's a, a wide receiver. I don't know how much I'll be doing with with Mr. Holmes, but um, you know, if the there's a bye week or something, if somebody gets injured, I guess Antonio will be playing. But uh, you know, it is what it is. What can I say? Um, in terms of all that, you look at the at the rest of my squad. And, you know, I'm looking, looking pretty decent. Jamal Charles is coming off injury uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's one of my running backs, uh, one of the, you know, the third running back. I had a whole bunch. Of, I'm trying to get Marcus Colston from the uh, the New Orleans Saints, trying to get him on the team and, you know, just trying to improve my my lines, as it were, try to get my, my offense going a little bit better. Um, you know, I have my sticker. My kicker is uh, Steven Goskowski from, uh, <clears throat> you know, Steven Goskowski from the uh, – the Patriots, the the dreaded Patriots, you know, we'll see we'll see how that turns out. But uh, you know, it's it's definitely going to be fun to play in, in this type of a situation. Obviously, like I said, there is no money involved, so that's not an issue for me. I'm not going to be one of these guys who's uh, you know getting getting trashed and you know wasting my my hard-earned money uh, on uh, fantasy football. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, aside from that. You know, I'm excited about this whole fantasy phenom prospect. I'm excited. Fantasy phenom. <laughs> I'm excited about this whole, sorry, uh, fantasy football prospect. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how, how that all turns out. And, uh, you know, I'll get back to that in a second. But speaking of fantasy phenom, I got to make sure that I don't, I don't forget <clears throat> the fantasy phenom uh, situation that happened last week with Mr. Uh, 
Mr. Patrick Creighton not winning. He was my odds-on favorite to win. I know that I, I know James Flippin personally, but I thought that Patrick did the best job. I didn't hear Joe Joe Giglio, but um, Joe ended up winning, and uh, Patrick did not win for the third year in a row. And if you're Patrick, I don't know what you do. Just trying to get him on the show, but he has uh, bookings and some other things going on. Uh, I mean, hopefully he'll make it. If I'm WFN, I gotta hire this guy because this guy has has gone so many times. He's practically made it to the top. So it's like, you know what? Let's get Patrick on there. Let's just give him a slot. Let's do something. He's awesome. He's he's great. He's wonderful, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how how that turns out for him. Um. And, uh, you know, whatever. Hopefully we'll be able to get Patrick on the air. Maybe we'll try to get some of the other guys who, who did not make it in the Fantasy Phenom uh, competition who did not win. Maybe Flips will even come on with us. But, uh, you know, I just had to throw that out there since that whole thing came up. Um, but, yeah, like I said, fantasy football, good stuff. I know a lot of fans out there, a lot of people listening right now are into fantasy football. They're uh, they're huge, huge proponents of it. So, whatever. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully... Other good because uh, you know it's, it's something to do. My one of my coworkers at work is, is a huge fantasy football guy, so he's pretty much my fantasy football guru when it comes to all that. Um, and, and you know, m- moving right along from fantasy football, let's talk a little bit. Speaking of fantasy, let's talk about the uh, the New York Mets. I thought that this was going to be my opening topic, but we ended up talking about the NFL with all the games and everything. Um, there was a, there was a classic, and I mean all time classic rant by Mike Francesa. Um I, I gotta tell you, it was it was beautiful, it was amazing, it was truly pure gold. Mike absolutely he went nuts, he flipped out, he lost it on the Mets last week. And to me, this is the disadvantage of the way that we do this program. The fact that we're only able to do the show once a week as it is, you know, of course if this turns into a, a legitimate gig for Joe and myself we're going to be doing it on a regular basis, you know, doing the show, whatever, three, four, five times a week. But when it comes to this whole once-a-week thing, I mean, we are stuck behind it. I think it was last Thursday. I could be mistaken. Last Thursday or last Wednesday. I mean, Mike absolutely lost it. It was classic. It was great. It was amazing. He just pretty much went nuts on the fact that the that the Mets are, were laying down like dogs. And coming fast-forwarding to now, the Mets have actually won three games in a row. But who cares? Their season is done. I mean, they're they're just... They don't have the talent. They're not that good of a team. Uh, but Mike's rant, if you haven't heard it, I'm sure you can check it out on YouTube. You can check it out on the uh, the archives over on, on WFN, which, by the way, is, a, is a, an atrocious. The WFN website is absolutely atrocious. I don't know who in the hell designed that thing. I know it's through the CBS uh, website, which owns um, the CBS radio website. And, of course, CBS owns WFN. But, man, it was it's horrible to try to navigate it. But if you get a chance to go on there, you could see. I mean, Mike, Mike absolutely loses it. You know, uh, currently the Mets are nine games under 500. Uh, they're 17 and a half games out of uh, first place. You know, 11 games out of the wild card. You know, they're they're under five. They have the same record on the road as they do at home. They're actually one worse at home than they are on their own, which is amazing considering how well they started. But um, you know, Mike was basically saying the team was laying down like dogs. He's talking about Daniel Murphy. He's talking about these guys not not knowing how to play. And I don't know, I don't know if they, um, you know, I don't know if they ended up listening to Mike. I don't know what the situation is, but you know they, they've played a little bit better. But man, you know, to hear Mike screaming and shout, he sounded like a Mets fan. I know there was a lot, of, a lot of fans on Twitter that I was going back and forth with who were upset because Mike is a Yankee fan. But you know what? Mike's told it like it is. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Everything that he said was spot on. 
you know, again, the Mets, like I said, are almost 10 games under 500, and they're probably going to end up right around where I said because they really haven't been that good this second half of the year. But the Mets lost four games to the Rockies, who were terrible. The Rockies are one of the worst teams in baseball. They won two out of three against the Astros, amazingly enough. They almost blew, I think, the third game. But, you know, here we are, again, a couple games later, the Mets have, have tried to climb out of the, the doghouse. But, I mean, they're going to be fighting for fourth place, fifth place. And there there was some, some nonsense going on on Twitter where Terry Collins was saying, you know, in the Twitter verse, Terry Collins was saying that, uh, you know, the Mets are going to fight for third, and that's where they thought they'd be, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that, that that's the type of complacency that you don't want um, in your franchise you don't want to do that on your own. You know, you really don't – you don't want to tell your fans, hey, we're fighting for third place. That's where we thought we'd be. No, you want to – especially considering the first half that they had. It's like I told Joe, if you were to take the Mets season and you were to look at it backwards and say – flip the, flip the script. The first half, they're terrible. The second half, they have an amazing second half. You would have been excited. You would have been pumped up. You also would have been like, you know what, it's too little too late. In this case – you were excited, you were ready, you were thinking the Mets were going to do something, and of course they didn't. They just crapped out completely in the second half. And as a fan, you're not happy about that. So, of course, you got a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, and, and we'll see it, We'll see where that goes, of course. But, um, you know, the Mets, the Mets are they're, they're just they are what they are. And, and, of course, I like to go check out Twitter, see what the people say, and the people like to do you have your, your one contingent of Mets fans. They're absolutely nuts thinking the Mets are, you know, watching a game, still going to games, which I can't understand. In love with random, you know, backup players, but, you know, I'll leave that to them, and I've mentioned that a couple of times. Um, but then you have the other fans who've pretty much given up on the season and moving on to football. Myself, I mean, I can't wait. Football season starts next week. I don't even have to talk about the Mets anymore. I mean, what what is there to talk about, honestly? Um, there's, just, there's just nothing there. The Mets, you know, whatever, it is what it is, and... We'll see where that goes. Of course, the Yankees have been floundering a bit. I think they won today, if I'm not mistaken. So the Yankees are trying to kind of get out of the doldrums. They're at three games up over Baltimore, which, of course, they had a huge lead in that. that they're three up, four and a half, looking at the standings as of the second. Um, you know, they're four and a half over Tampa Bay, but they, they had a much bigger lead, and, and here they are, you know, trying to, trying to keep their head above water. I mean, I don't think – I don't think that um, – you know the Yankees fans should should go nuts because think about it, I mean this is the New York Yankees. I know that uh, Mark Teixeira sends a text message. Oh, I know that Teixeira is out there. You know he's he's injured right now. Era should be coming back. I mean whatever. You know I, I don't want to talk about the Yankees, but I'm just saying that if you're a Yankee fan, you can't go nuts. You got to kind of calm down, just just relax and and just chill. And you know the Yankees are gonna. I don't, do I think they're gonna win the World Series? No, absolutely not. I do not think they're gonna win the World Series, but are they going to be in contention? Are they going to be in the hunt? Of course they are. You know, of course they're going to be in the hunt. They're the Yankees, for goodness sakes. The Yankees spend this kind of money because, you know, when you look at the whole, when you look at the whole situation, when you look at the whole, the, the big picture of the, the, you know, major leagues, the Yankees are one of the better teams. They've, you know, that they're leading the National League. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> forgive me, folks. They're leading the American League East, which they pretty much always end up doing. You know, Boston decided to just just crap it. Actually, Yankees have uh, the second best record in baseball, so I just wanted to point that out. Um, and only by a couple of games too. Texas is is the you know right now the best team in the American League. But look at what the Red Sox have done. The Red Sox are six games under their their team. You know, complaining about um, what's his face, complaining about Bobby Valentine. And you know what? They, they ended up making an amazing trade. And I, I don't even know how it's possible that you trade somebody like, like Carl Crawford, who is obviously. Um, 
was injured and is going for a Tommy John surgery. But you know what? I mean, the Red Sox made a, an absolute blockbuster of a deal that is just amazing to me. You know, this is the type of deal that you hear about once in a lifetime. The, the Sox have basically decided to pack in the ship. They're done. They're absolutely finished, washed up. See ya. But you know what? They were able to unload an insane, and I mean absolutely insane amount of money with this, with this whole situation of theirs, which, you know, I personally just don't understand. I don't understand how it's possible, but, you know, it is what it is. The, the Dodgers ended up getting, which, of course, here reading this article is the largest trade in franchise history, they ended up getting Adrian Gonzalez, who's an awesome first baseman, Carl Crawford, who, like I said, currently injured with Tommy John surgery. And what have you ever heard of a left fielder or an outfielder getting Tommy John surgery? But that's another story for another time. Josh Beckett, uh, you know, those are the main guys. Uh, the Dodgers ended up sending James Loney and some minor leaguers over to uh, you know, some two players to be named later, as it were, to Boston. The Dodgers also acquired utility man Nick Punto. I mean, the Red Sox shed over $250 million in salary, you know, through 2018. And it's amazing. This is the second year into these contracts, and they were able to unload them. Carl Crawford and, and Adrian Gonzalez have over five years and $100 million left on their It's amazing that the Red Sox were able to do that. I mean, the type of thing that the Mets with Jason Bay, they're stuck with him for the rest of their lives. They probably have some clause that once the four years are up, they actually automatically re-sign him. I think that's where we're going with this whole situation, but I guess we'll kind of, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see where that goes. But, um, again, the Red Sox making an amazing move, the type of move that you wish the Mets would make. And I know there's going to be Mets fans saying, oh, you know, the Mets don't need that kind of salary, they don't need those kind of players. But you know what? The Mets need something. They need a shot in the arm. They need a kick in the pants. The Mets need to do something. And uh, I tell you, I don't know if you're looking at the if you're looking at the whole uh, situation, if you're looking at the whole overall picture of what the Mets are. I just, you know, I don't see them making a lot of moves. I don't see them making many improvements. I think the next year is going to be pretty much blah, just like this year with no real hope or expectation going into it. Um, of course, the Yankees will be right there. The Yankees don't even have to touch their team, and they'll be right there. But um, you know, the Red Sox again, they're they decided to pack it in. So it should be interesting. The end of the playoffs this year, of course, if you're into that kind of stuff. If you're not, then, you know, I can't help you. But, folks, uh, you know, we'll be right back to discuss a couple more things before we get Jen Lilly on. So uh, just hang tight. Hi, this is Heather Lynn, 32 Fantastic Manager Extraordinaire. Make sure and tune in every Wednesday to Pure Gold Radio Show and check out the archives at puregoldpg.com. And make sure you check mine out. You might learn a thing or two from some of the biggest, Brains in the business. This is Josh Eisenberg from ChairShot Reality on WrestleZone.com. Tune in each week to Pure Gold Radio with Dave and Joe as they talk about professional wrestling, music, movies, whatever's on your mind, they'll get to it. Pure Gold Radio, Dave and Joe, the best out there, laying the smackdown each week. That's Pure Gold Radio. I'm Lisa Mateo of the PIX11 Morning News in New York, and you're listening to Pure Gold. That's right, Lisa. Thank you for that. I got a special thanks to uh, Lisa, to Heather, who, of course, who was one of our great guests last week. Great interview with her. you got to check it out, like she said, at the Pure Gold Archives at puregoldpg.com. And, uh, of course, thanks to Josh Eisenberg over there at Russell Zone, one of our buddies, one of our pals, one of our chums. Um... You know, there's there's so many things to, to discuss this evening, and uh, right now I'm going to flip over to the WWE because you know there's just a couple a couple of points I'd like to mention from from uh, Monday Night Raw two days ago. 
I look at wrestling as a fan. If you've ever heard the show, you know that I, I rip it to no end. Joe and I both rip it. We love to just tear it apart, you know, to the point where you're probably thinking, like, why are these why are these tools even wrestling fans? I don't even understand why they talk about it. But it's something that I've grown up with. I was talking to uh, someone on, on Twitter today, and uh, she tweeted a picture of uh, the Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, and Miss Elizabeth. Of course, Hogan being the only one still alive with us, unfortunately. But I remember the 80s. I remember the mega powers. I remember how amazing wrestling was and how it was so larger than life. Part of that is because I was a child as opposed to, you know, in, in my 30s. But part of it also is that it's just it was a different world. It was a different time. Wrestling was just, it was so much more to it. There was this aura to it that that's pretty much been stripped away at this point. Um, when you look at the current, situ- the current um, you know, situation, the current uh, spectrum, you know, the, the current landscape of professional wrestling, it's just, some of it's interesting, some of it's not. I mean, for example, Monday Night Raw, you know, this three-hour thing to me, it's just not, it's not working, and uh, they, they fill it with these comedy skits, they fill it with these different sketches, and it's like, whatever, you know, come on, let, let's get to some wrestling. Of course, one of my all-time favorites, Chris Jericho, is gone. Once again, his contract was, you know, he lost his contract, which we talked about last week. Um, instead of just riding off into the sunset, Jericho has to make a big deal when he comes back, and he's got a, some type of story to, to exit. Um, you know, you have, you have he's gone, so, I mean, there's not too many reasons for me personally to watch Raw as it is. But there was, there was a little anger management skit. It looks like they're building up to have uh, Charlie Sheen come out. We thought it was going to be at SummerSlam. That's obviously not the case. But Daniel Bryan has been forced to go into anger management by his ex-fiance, A.J. Lee, who is the general manager of Raw. Now, you know, looking at the situation, normally the WWE does not know how to write comedy. They just they suck at it. The writers or whoever writes it, who, I know Vince approves it, but the writers are just not that good. But, however, this... <laughs> This thing on Monday was was truly pure gold, and the only the what saved it. And interesting enough, Mark Madden wrote an article over on a WrestleZone. He was mo- somewhat po- uh, positive about Raw, which is very different for the big guy. He's usually very negative. But um, Kane, Kane was absolutely brilliant. Everything that he said was just it was to me that's those skits with Kane. You know, after the first and the second two, were laugh out loud funny. I mean, you know, he's acknowledging the history of his character. He acknowledged Katie Vick. He acknowledged uh, the Undertaker setting his quote unquote setting his parents on fire. Um, you know, having Paul Bear as his dad, putting him in cement, except you know, abducting his coworkers, setting people on fire. Uh, I think he mentioned setting testicles on fire. I mean, every or electrocuting testicles, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, everything Kane's done in the history of his character, which has been admittedly absurd. You know, from the highest peaks to the lowest depths. I mean, you know, face heel, face heel. No one has ever turned, you know, sides as many times as Kane. But when you when you look at the overall, you know, his overall uh, body of work as a wrestler, he's he's had been entertaining. And, and I'm telling you, Monday just being himself, being on Jacobs in the Kane mask, being you know the guy who was able to just say what's on his mind and say what his character has been through. It was hilarious to me. It was funny, you know. If you're a fan of wrestling, at least, well, if you're a fan of wrestling comedy, I guess you could say. I mean, if you didn't find that funny, you got to have your head examined. That was some great stuff. I loved it. And, you know, they'll probably keep it going considering they have three hours to fill. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how this turns out. I, I'd like to see what the ultimate end game is here. Is Kane going to fight Daniel Bryan at a pay-per-view? Um, you know, Kane also ended up seemingly helping uh, Zach, Zach Ryder. You know, he chokes on the tongue instead of Ryder, so we'll see where that goes. But, um... You know, Zach, who pretty much disappeared off the face of the earth after he was the internet darling, and the WWE decided to kill all that. 
Um, speaking of killing, speaking of all those situations, uh, you know, again, we'll see where this whole thing with Brian and Sheen goes. But Triple H, and this is the only other thing I wanted to touch to touch on when it comes to Monday Night Raw. Triple H did this whole fake retirement thing, and you know, I, I for one don't get it. I don't get the point of it. Yeah, Brock beat him. Blah blah blah. It's fake. Everybody knows that it's fake. You know, Brock again going back should have destroyed Cena. Well, should have beaten Cena. Should have beaten Triple H, which he he did. Thank goodness. And apparently, there's some talk of there possibly being a rematch at WrestleMania. Would be a horrible idea. I don't want to see Triple H and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 29. Um, you know, they're going to do a hell in a cell, I guess. I mean, what's the point of him coming back to wrestle Lesnar, though? I mean, if anything, they're going to shunt Lesnar off the feud with The Undertaker for WrestleMania. That's fine. I honestly don't see the point or the purpose or whatever the case is. I just don't get why they would move over into having, you know, Triple H and Lesnar come back again. I don't know how long Triple H is going to be off the air. I don't know how long he's going to be away from WWE. But I guess we'll just have to see where, where that whole situation takes us, and of course, during the night, they had, you know, basically Triple H tribute videos, and, and, you know, to me, it's just, it's a waste, it's a waste of time, I don't understand why they would even, why they would even go there, because everybody knows Triple H isn't retiring, so tell me, you know, what what's the, what's the purpose of all that, what's the purpose of, of having Triple H, um, you know, pretend like he's retiring, only to come back at, at some near point in the future, it just didn't make any sense to me, I just, I honestly don't see what purpose that serves in the the grand scheme of this story in the grand scheme of Triple H's career and the grand scheme of the whole Brock Lesnar experiment. Um I just I don't get it folks. So, you know, I guess we'll we'll kinda see where that goes and we'll see what, what happens with the uh, the WWE in that respect. I mean, you know, again, I do like Triple H. I, I always have, but his uh his promos tend to be a little long winded. I would have loved to have heard Busted Open today. You know, to see what, or how, or who, or whatever the case is, what would have happened, and you know what the guys were discussing. But unfortunately, I don't have Sirius anymore, so you know there goes that. Um, but again, you know that's pretty much it as far as the the WWE goes. And uh, you know we're just waiting for um, we're just waiting for for Jen Lilly to call in. Uh, you know, there's there's a couple other things. I, I guess I'll mention one of them now. And, of course, with everything going on in Louisiana and, uh, you know, everything going on in general here in the U.S. with the Hurricane Isaac hitting and our thoughts and our prayers really do go out to those who are affected by it. I know that's a cliche line that everybody likes to say, and I've pointed this out a couple of times on the show, but you definitely do pray for them and hope that everything, you know, they be okay and that everything turn out well. And, of course, they get the essential need, uh, help that they that they need, Um it's just uh, devastating for them, I'm sure, with what's going on. And just it seems like you know you hear about just bad things in the news, with shooting and shooting in Baltimore, the shooting, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, it's just there's always something going on in the media. New York, there by the Empire State Building, there was a shooting. It's just it's always something. So it seems, which I, I believe that was last week, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but we'll, you know, again, we'll we'll see where where that goes. Um, we'll see, hopefully, if things turn out better for for those who are affected by this and. You know, the government will respond quickly and precisely as they should, the way that the government is, uh, is supposed to. Um, but, again, we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll kind of have to shift our attention from that. But, you know, it's it just, it's one of those things where you look at the, you look at the whole, uh, the overall picture, the grand scheme of life, and it's, it's a shame. It's an absolute shame that, that people 
um, you know, make comments and make negative comments and just kind of get out there with their with their craziness and they, they like to, you know, there was a guy from Yahoo who was fired, uh, David Chalane, I believe his name was. I, I had the name here uh, somewhere, but um, I believe he was fired because he did he made a comment referencing the Romneys and how you know they didn't care about. America, they didn't care about, you know, African Americans. They were happy with what's going on. So, you know, people get fired for for stupid things and of course we're going to we're going to shift our attention right now because uh Miss Lily is on the line with us. But before we get to that, let's go to a very quick timeout. What's up guys? This is actress Jen Lily telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. Yes, folks, that is the voice of the one and only, the lovely, the talented Jen Lilly, who is joining us tonight here on Pure Gold for a second time. Miss Lilly, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you guys? I'm doing good. Well, actually, it's just me. My my partner, uh, Joe, is uh, dealing with some family matters. So unfortunately, he is not able to join us. But, you know, we're here. We're still, you know, we had this uh, this interview and I had to, you know, had to come through for you, Jen, of course. We appreciate you with your busy schedule taking some time out. Jen, let's get right to it. Um, you know, we had scheduled this interview about a month or so back and we had to change it because of some career, you know, some things going on in your career. You're no longer playing the part of Maxia in General Hospital. Can you tell us um, how did all that come about? Um, I can't really talk about that. But um, I am glad that Kirsten's feeling better. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. There goes that. Uh, no, no, of course I understand. Um, and now, if you were going to sum up your experience and your time on General Hospital, how would you describe it? I mean, again, this, you know, you were there for almost a year, if I'm not mistaken, or if not about that time. Um, how would you describe it to, to those fans who are listening in? There's a couple here on hold right now. Um, how would you sum your time up there? Um. I don't know whether whether priceless would be the best word or just you know irreplaceable. I I was really just fortunate to be able to work on it for so long because um, you know I'm sure you know, but it was supposed to be about two weeks to a month and it ended up being 11 months. So I learned a lot and I met a lot of really cool people and I have the best fans in the world now. So it was really it was just amazing and I wouldn't have traded it for anything. Right. Now, the, of course, that's a good thing. And, again, like I said, you do have a lot of loyal uh, listeners and a lot here to the show and a lot of loyal fans who just support you on Twitter and everything. So that's pretty cool. And, of course, uh, you know, so many things going on in your career. Now, let me ask you, just out of curiosity, is there anything you didn't like? And not, not particularly, you know, it doesn't have to be anything like your fellow cast members, but was there anything you didn't like about working on the set of a daytime soap? Was there something that maybe you, you didn't find as, as uh, enjoyable? I mean, it's just a lot of work. It's more work than you will have on any other show. Um, a normal show shoots six to seven pages a day for the entire cast. We shoot 150 right. pages a day. So wow. a lot of times it would be 30 or 40 pages a day was, like, my my average. But some days you would have 60, like, 68, 65 pages a day. And so that was hard because you – and it's all one take unless it's a technical – issue um sometimes we get two but very rarely um three would be weird but that's happened sometimes but there's no teleprompters or anything and they really like you to be very word for word accurate if you can be so 
it was hard because you it, it moves so fast. I mean, 150 pages a day means everything is one take, and then you go to work, you go home. I'd have to eat dinner like while I watched the TV show to try to decompress and like eat at the same time, and then it's right back to memorizing. Right. And so, so I didn't. Right. I mean, that was really exhausting, but. Um, that was the only real downfall. I mean, the cast was amazing, and I really loved Jill Farron-Phelps when she was the executive producer. I'm a huge fan of Frank Valentini, the current executive producer. And so, no, there was nothing that I didn't like other than the fact that <laughs> sometimes I felt like I was stuck in finals week for 11 months straight, you know? <laughs> was that how long you ended up? Uh, I know you were there. It's obviously a, a weekly thing you got going. But uh, but is it like that where you're just on set all the time, pretty much, because of the fact that it's a it's a five day a week thing? I mean, your character wasn't on the air every single day of the week, was it? The, the time that you were on the show? No, it just depended on the storyline. I mean, when when the Robin storyline, when Maxie's cousin um, died, I was on every day. So it depends. Because there are so many characters, it depends kind of who has the main storyline at the moment. Most of the time, though, it was at least two days a week, um, which doesn't seem like a lot. But some days it was four days a week. Some days it was five days a week. So, I mean, even still, even if you have two two days a week, that's still memorizing, you know, 80 to 100 pages in a week. Um, and you get your script, like, the day ahead of time. So it was just it was a lot of work. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's crazy that um, it's crazy that you look at that whole situation, like you're saying, you know, everything going on with with the amount of work that you're, you're putting into it, um, and then again, like like your time is up. I'm sure it, it must have been like it just gone in a flash. What was your favorite part about working on the on the whole thing? Um, I don't is there know one thing you could be... pinpoint? Um. It just it's, it depends. It's like there's almost like different categories. I really loved working with the cast, especially Bradford Anderson. He was my favorite um, person to work with, just because he's just really amazing um, actor. And I loved everyone, but he was just really interesting to work off of. Um, but then, other than that, it's just I learned so much, and that's so invaluable as an actor. So I don't know. I mean, I, I love learning, so I don't know whether it was learning or working with the cast. Did you have a favorite scene or a favorite, um, you know, moment in the, as a character? I think my favorite scenes were probably the courtroom scenes. Uh, Maxie and Spinelli are in the courtroom after Robin's death. Um, those are probably my favorite scenes. Stuff involving the Robin storyline was my favorite just because it was really challenging. And um, they just had a lot of substance, which you don't always get as an actor. Sometimes you get the right, substance. Right. You're just in a scene that it's just you're just providing information for the audience, so there's nothing you can really do with it um, because it'd be an injustice to kind of, I don't know, it's like bad actors try to make more of a scene than there is when there's nothing, <laughs> you know? And so, like, you know, so a lot of times you're just the person that's giving information in the scene, and those scenes are okay, but they're not really, like, fulfilling as an actor. So, uh, right, right. so it's nice when you get a lot of substance, and I really loved all the scenes surrounding the Robin storyline and Maxie's prison storyline, I mean, they were all kind of intertwined, and I thought all of those were very interesting and fun to play. Yeah, what well, was interesting, i got to tell you, was following the, the Twitter feed. Uh, you know, so many people <laughs> that have found out about the show and, you know, people that I follow, like uh, Dottie, et cetera, et cetera, I'm sure they're online right now. Um, 
But the stuff that they would say about you, you know, oh, Jen did this, and why isn't she on my TV, and what's going on, and, I, you know, this and that. And it's just so fascinating because people get so wrapped up and so involved in it. And I, I mean, I'm not famous, obviously, and I, I wouldn't even know how I would react to something like that. But I've always found it interesting, you know, to use a, a word, um, the way that people get so invested into things, whether it's, uh, whether it's television, whether it's movies, or, you know, in certain actors, certain actresses. It's like with sports. Some people, and, and I'm not comparing, I'm, this is definitely not an analogy in your situation, but some people get so obsessed with, you know, like guys like the 25th man on the roster, somebody who's not a big star, to the point where it baffles me. And I was talking about this earlier before you came on. And then you have, like, the bigger stars, and, of course, people get into that. But I just love it because one way or the other, positive or negative, people are passionate. Um, speaking of all that, you know, you're, again, you're, you're just getting off the set of General Hospital. Would you uh, – is there a chance, or would you like to get back into daytime television, or would you prefer to do a different type of TV series, like, uh, let's say, a comedy or something in that nature? I would do anything, because <laughs> I love working. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I would definitely go back to daytime. Um, I I love the fans, and I I really enjoyed my time there. I mean, even though it was, like, finals week for 11 months, which was exhausting. I mean, there were some days where I would literally be like, God, deliver me from daytime. <laughs> because I'm such a nerd and I love learning, so I like the challenge. But um, I do have a comedy background, and I really love comedy, and I would love to be um, a series regular on a sitcom. That would be, like, a huge – that's always been kind of a dream of mine. You know, like, a, especially if it was physical humor, like an I Love Lucy type show, I would right. I would die. But, um, you know, I'm down for anything. So. Now, um, are there any shows on TV that you currently like? Let's say you mentioned comedy. Is there any comedy you look up and say, man, I would love to be a part of that show? Oh, my God, yes. Pretty much everyone that's on, but, I mean, just to name a couple that I'm obsessed with, Raising Hope and okay. The Middle and Modern Family are, like, my favorites. Um, and then Dexter, I it's not a comedy. It's a dark comedy, but... That's my favorite right, show right. of all time. So if I could be on Dexter, I could die maybe, a happy girl. Maybe, I mean, <laughs> this is like my favorite. Maybe be a murder victim or something in one of the one of the. Oh episodes. no! You know, I would be anything on Dexter, but I really want to be the murderer. I because oh, you wouldn't suspect wow. it. You'd be like, oh, she's so cute and blonde and petite, and I'd be like, yeah, watch her back. And then Dexter could kill me. That would be awesome. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> it sounds like you're, we're getting a little, uh, a little, uh, you know, crash course in uh, in the, the psyche of Jen Lilly and what goes on in her head. <laughs> I don't know if, it, if that's a little disturbing or not, the stuff that goes through Jen's head. Well, you know, but, uh, you know, it would be more disturbing if I didn't want to play that because I feel like as an actor, you always want to play something that you're not. So. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, you you always hear about that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, people like to they say it's always harder to play the good guy than it is the bad guy. Or girl, because uh, you know it, it's it's so hard to, to to play that role, and people always say they want to go like out of their uh, out of their comfort zone. Now let, let's switch gears for a second here. Um, tell us a little bit about your sprite film, Love Reflects. Now I saw it the other day, and uh, I got to say it's it's funny because I was expecting you to like do something in it, and basically you, you stand around, you look pretty, you make faces, and then you make out. You had I think it was one line in the whole thing, but it was pretty it was pretty cool. Tell us what was that like, and uh, is the voting closed on that? The voting is not closed. It's open till August 31st, so everybody, you can vote once per day per email. Um, 
nice. I think if we're in second place or above, we get in consideration, like Sprite will decide if it becomes a national commercial, and then it would also be played in movie theaters before um, before the screening. Um, you know what? A lot of times it's much harder not to have a line and because having to convey what you're feeling and thinking to the audience with just your face um, or silently is 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 difficult and it and you have to have a level of trust so um so it was tricky because she also the director wanted me to kind of evolve a little bit within each decade and then also like kind of have a through line to my character that she's like the too cool for school girl um right 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 kind of like charmed by the underdog, but is trying not to show him that she's charmed until certain points in it so um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, for those of you who haven't seen it, you can go to sprite.com slash films and vote for Love or Sweat Fresh, please. Um, I know some people have been having issues voting because you have to, like, type in the CAPTCHA so that it verifies that you're a real person. And it keeps, right, the right. first CAPTCHA that, that shows up has, like, an X through it, so it's very weird. So what I've been doing is just entering something, and then it brings up the new CAPTCHA because you're like, nope, you typed it in wrong. I'm like, yep, I know I did. And then it shows up without the X. But, um... It goes it goes from the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, and then current day. So it's <laughs> it's really fun to play the different decades. No, it's it's definitely pretty cool to see, and it, I always hate those capture things because ninety percent of the time, one of the letters or one of the words is like impossible to read. And I've I've I understand that they want humans to do it, but I, I think that's like oh, one of those things no. that even some people don't get. Those things are awful, but um, they're awful. You know, before. Yeah. Yeah, I hate them. I really do. Um, and I, I did vote for you when I when I saw it. I don't remember. I, I think it was pretty easy, but, uh, you know, I, one of the few times that the capture didn't, you know, I didn't want to just, like, throw my, my fist through the screen because it was impossible to read. But, uh, Jen, before before I move on to my last question, uh, we have a couple of callers here, so I'd like to get the, the fans a, a chance to speak with you. I know that, again, you have your passionate fan base now. We have a, uh, unfortunately, my call screener is not here right now, so I'm going to have to do this live. We have a, a 615 number calling in. Uh, you are live and on the air, Pure Gold with Jen Lilly. Who is this and where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Jen, and I'm calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, Jen. Oh, and Nashville. you would like to speak? Sorry, you'd like okay. to speak with Miss Lilly? Of course, I'm a huge, 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 huge Jen Lilly fan. Jen Lilly rocks. Well, who isn't? Right? Who isn't a big fan of Jen Lilly? <laughs> How are you doing, Jen? Jen, I'm doing well. <laughs> They're talking to each other, so that's the same name. <laughs> now, now, let me ask you, is this, is this uh, generally, at generally Rocks on uh, Twitter? Yes, sir. Awesome. You're um, awesome. Now, of course, of course, I mean, you know, like I said, who doesn't love generally? Now, uh, it's funny because I'm basically like in between the two of you, so is there anything specific you'd like to say other than you love generally? Uh, well, I've told her all this a million times, but, um, you know, she's an you know, awesome actress is, um, you know, obvious. But um, what I really, really love about her is the person she is. Just, she cares about people, and she treats her fans so, so well. I really miss her on GH. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she... You know, I have to say this, and it's not because Jen is on the air. Of course, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate every guest that we've ever had on the show, and it's been an amazing number of, you know, guests. But 
what I do like about Jen is the fact that she really does take time to to talk to her fans. Or I know in my case, and I, I just find it funny. She'll like favorite everything that you say about her. Be like, oh, Jen, Jen well, is awesome. Almost summer. everything. Hey, Jen, how's the weather? <laughs> almost. Oh, but you know, good stuff. It's good stuff, which it usually is. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's great. Because I just think it's great because you're out there, like like uh, you know, Jen just said, you're out there interacting with the fans, and I, I see the comments and, and things like that. And I think it is wonderful because you you know you don't have five Twitter followers, you have over like twenty thousand. So which you should have more, by the way. But that's definitely good. Now, Jen, before we before we let you go, uh, any parting thoughts for Mister Lily? I'm sorry, what? You have any? I hear the cats in the background. Do you have any parting thoughts for Mister Lily before we uh, before we move on to the next caller? Um, well, um, when will we see you on something else? Is that something you can share, or do you have anything that's coming Oh, I up? wish I had something to share, but I have nothing. <laughs> I haven't had an audition in three weeks, so I'm just sitting at home praying. <laughs> but I hope to see you on something soon, and whatever Me it is. <laughs> and hope you can make it to Nashville sometime so I can see you again. I would love that. I would love that. Thank you so much for calling in, and it was so nice meeting you at Fan Club Weekend. You're awesome. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> Thank you so much, Jen, for calling. Yeah, it's, it's just funny. It's funny because uh, I hear the cats in the background, and she's you know she's getting emotional and stuff, which which is sweet. I mean, you, you she stole my last question, which pretty much sucks. That I was going to ask you, what are you you know what are you doing? But uh, um, well, when you I meet mean, fans like this, Jen. How do you like? How do you react to that? I mean, is it overwhelming for you that people are, are that people love you that much that they get emotional over you know you and not being on the TV screen? Yeah, I mean, I, it is overwhelming because you know I'm feeling the same way. Like, I, I don't know when you find figure out what you're supposed to do with your life, it's like you can't breathe when you're not doing it. Right. So I've been like dying at home. I'm just working really hard trying to get. Um, you know, something to happen, but there hasn't been a lot that's really fit my age range and everything um, and my type lately. So I've been working on a children's story um, with my family, so I'm working on that, which is quite a lengthy process, and um, we're almost done with our final draft, and then I'll figure out whether I'm going to submit it to publishers or whether I'm going to try to get a literary agent. So I've been doing that to try to keep busy and, you know, stay positive. And I'm also doing... um, a bunch of fan tours um, coming up in September, October, and November. I'll be touring around the country with Kelly Sullivan, and um, oh, nice. that'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it will be fun. Um, and we have another call here who's on the line. It's the 70 area code, and she just tweeted me, so I know that this is Christy who's joining us this evening. And uh, Christy, you're on the air with Pure Gold here, Jen Lilly. How are you doing this evening? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you, Jen? I'm doing well. I saw your tweet about the yogurt. <laughs> yogurt? Really? Wait, didn't weren't you the person? I gotta check it. Weren't you the person that just tweeted that tweet yogurt, yogurt all over me? I'm gonna find it. You okay. keep talking. I know you made <laughs> for my tour, my tweet today, Jen. <laughs> I saw well, that. So many, you know, so many different tweets. Now, Christy, uh. Is there anything in particular you'd like to say other than, you know, gush about how wonderful Jen is and how, uh, you know, she's a hero or something? Yeah, that's the usual. That's usually what we say to Jen, that she's a wonderful and an awesome person. Um, And I just love that Jen's a Christian because I'm a Christian and that's very important to me and 
Jen and I have talked over coffee about this, and, and I just love that. Oh, really? Kristen, wow. That's, um, so you guys know each other personally? Well, she was awesome, and she came to my fan event at um, General Hospital Fan Club weekend, and she bid for a coffee with me. It was Java with Jen, and she got it, so we got to go out to coffee and got to talk more in depth, Sweet. and it was really fun. That that actually is pretty. I mean, I hate coffee, but it might be worth just to, you know be able to talk to you face to face. That's pretty well, cool. You don't have now, to bring uh, Chrissy, you could have just, hot chocolate or tea or whatever. Hot chocolate <laughs> works. Now, Chrissy, <laughs> you mentioned you're a Christian. Uh, I think you should keep Jen in prayer because she's been talking a lot about you know wanting to be a serial killer on TV and wanting to do all these crazy things and just <laughs> oh, you know. So we definitely got to keep her in prayer because uh, I I don't know if Jen is. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Jen, but uh, is there anything else you'd like to say to Jen before we uh, move on to yeah. our final caller? Because of course, yeah. Um, real quick, oh, cool. um, yeah, Jen, um, I will be there with, I think Amanda is probably coming. Me and her are going to room together and see you in October because you're coming to Chicago, like, literally two days before my birthday on the 13th. So. Oh, that's so exciting. Oh. Yeah, she told me that. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm well, hoping to see you, and I don't know if you're going to do any, like, silent auctions like you did at Fan Club Weekend, but and I don't know how long you'll be in town, but it would be cool to see you that day. I don't know what you're doing, if you're having a lot of plans or if you're going to just be there for a day. I don't know yet either just because it's so, you know, in and out. Um, but I am going to be doing the silent auction. I do know that. So that's good. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I will, cool. I will be ready for it. You'll, you'll be like my little, my birthday present. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Let me to see you. That's sweet. Chrissy, thanks so much for calling in. All right. Thanks. Bye, Jen. Take care. Bye. And we have one more caller, Jen. Uh, we have an 832 area code calling in. Uh, you're live and on the air with Pure Gold here with Jen Lilly. Who is this and where are you calling from? Hi. I'm calling from Pasadena, Texas. Hi. Oh, Pasadena. Nice. And you're a fan of Jen Lilly, I assume? Yes. Um... This is crazy. I'm, I'm 17, and I watched Strong Hospital, and oh. <laughs> I fell in love with Maxi. Uh, my mom actually got me into the soap operas. Yeah. And um, I, I'm going to miss you terribly. Oh, thank you so much. You, Hopefully uh, I'll I be on something soon, or they bring me back as somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. I I follow you on Twitter, and every time I see that you're going to be, like, on some kind of show, I try to get in when I can if I'm not working. But, yeah, I'm just a huge fan of yours. I love how you play the Max. You're so cheerful, of you know, petites and stuff. Thanks. It was really cute. I'm going to really miss you on General Hospital. I don't think I'm going to watch it anymore. Aw. <laughs> that's so sweet. That's, don't you keep watching General you know, I love Frank, and you never know. People keep talking yeah, about him in a blogland. Yeah, I also heard that a lot of... Mm-hmm. You see, I also know that a lot of good characters are leaving, like Jason. I don't know, it's going to be the same without them on yeah. it. Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be insane without him, but, you know, I think... Um, I don't know him very well, but my understanding was that was something he wanted to do for a long time, and moving to Tennessee with his family. So that should be, you know, good for them. He's definitely put in his time. So, um, you know, the story will evolve. They'll know how to handle it. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll try to watch it. It's also I have, I have school, so if oh, it's not recorded, I can't good. watch it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's and, um, I also loved you when you were on Disaster Day. You were so hilarious. <laughs> um, when you, I like that one episode when you, when you played that nerd that lost her retainer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, so I couldn't stop that's laughing. Awesome. That's so and, funny. That um, was definitely my favorite date. That one was my favorite cool. one of you that I can remember. But, um, yes, I'm just a huge fan, and um, I hope one day I can see you in person, and I'll continue to follow your career, whatever you have to do. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. Thanks so much for calling in. You're welcome. No problem. I'm just, like, really excited. I got to actually talk to you over the phone. Hopefully <laughs> I can see you when you do, like, a tour someday. Oh, my God. I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, that would be awesome. You know, I've never really been to Texas. I've only driven through, so it would be a good place to stop. No, it definitely would be. And, you know, thanks so much for, for calling in. It's funny that he mentioned um, watching you know, his mom getting into soap operas because, uh, you know, I've I've never been a huge fan. Uh, my wife and I were actually discussing it this morning because, um, you know, Spanish soap operas are so different than American ones. American ones literally never end, and Spanish soap operas are like six months at a time. But as a kid, um, my aunt, who used to babysit me, we, she used to watch uh, All My Children. And I was five years old or five or six at the time, and she was, you know, she got me hopped up on Maxwell House coffee. And I don't drink coffee at all now. I hate it. Maybe that's why. But when I was a kid, I loved it. And we used to sit there and we would watch, uh, you know, like I said, All My Children. I got so into it for a while as a kid. So it's funny that, you know, we have somebody here who's 17, you know, talking about how his mom got him involved uh, watching soap operas. But uh, we have one more caller. It looks like, uh, you know, Janice will pop the people keep calling in. Uh, we have a 256 area code. Uh, you are live on the air with Pure Gold and Jen Lilly. Who is this and where are you calling from? Hello? Hello? Well, looks like uh, looks like somebody got stage fright. Um, Jen, again, you know, Christy, or uh, not Christy, your first caller actually, you know, stole my thunder in terms of what, what else is going on. But, um, I mean, do you have anything other than the, other than the book you mentioned, anything possibly in the works, uh, anything at all, or are you just going to be sitting home and chilling, hoping to receive some phone calls? Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I got really <laughs> close. I, I tested for a series regular on a sitcom. I didn't get it, but that's okay, because... You can't go farther than that. That means it got down to me and, like, two other girls. Um, oh, okay. Cool. So, yeah, I'm just um, trying to stay busy. I mean, a children's book, writing a children's book will definitely keep me busy. And then I'm um, getting ready to take some more classes just because, I mean, you have to keep acting. So, um, right. But something will come up soon. It's it's just kind of a strange time, especially with Labor Day weekend coming up. Um, it's always, like production takes a little bit of a break then so i'm sure i'll have news for everyone by october but it just takes time i mean that's that's the whole name of the game you can you can look at anybody's career and it just takes time right right of course and uh you know again speaking of time thank you so much for for joining me this evening and and i gotta admit it was interesting you know trying to try to quarterback between you and your fans gushing all over you and it's so cool because you know, again, like I said, we, of course, here appreciate you giving us some time and, you know, so many things you could be doing. But, um, you know, it's, it's just an honor to have you on the air. But to hear your fans that are so passionate about you, it, it's awesome. And I'm sure that, like I said before, it's got to be overwhelming. It's got to be amazing. And almost to the point where it's surreal. I mean, do you ever look in the mirror and say, wow, God, I can't believe this. I can't believe my life and I can't believe where I am because, 
I wouldn't even know how to deal with what comes with fame and just, again, fans going nuts just to, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but going nuts just to just to right. talk to you and just to see you and, you know, like I said, crying and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely overwhelming and it's definitely emotional. I mean, when the day I got to go to the Oscars parties and the day I went to the Emmys this year, <laughs> I think I cried, like, out of happiness spontaneously, like, four or five times both days. Because I was like, this is crazy because I'm from, you know, around Virginia, and I just never, I didn't dream. I mean, I just it's just, like, the craziest thing that's coming true. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely get overwhelmed sometimes. But I'm just so glad uh that my fans are so faithful and fierce and loyal, and I'm so glad that they're still interested in me, even though I'm not on the air right now. So they're awesome. Definitely they are, and you're awesome, Jen. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and hopefully when you get some news, you get some things going on, you'll be able to come back on the air and share with us. Oh, I will keep you posted. Thanks so much, David. Take care, Jen. Folks, that was the one and only, incomparable the lovely, the talented, the amazing Jen Lilly, who, uh, again, one of the favorite guests here on Pure Gold. Uh, she truly is awesome and just such a, you know, such a great person to have on the show. Um, like you see the fans, the people calling in and just getting so pumped up. That, that's just wonderful to hear. And, you know, just going to end the show at this point here. I mean, you know, here we are going in, closing in on an hour. Um, what, what I was talking about earlier before Jen called in was the Republican National Convention, which I happened to check out the very end of it with Chris Christie giving his speech, of course, being the governor of the great or not-so-great state of New Jersey, where I reside. Um, you know, it was an interesting speech. There was a lot of criticism of it. There was criticism of, you know, Ann Romney, Juan Williams, who was over there on Fox, who was uh, sharing. There was quite a bit of criticism on his end, um, you know, about Ann saying that she did it, She was out of touch with the common woman and the common working woman. It's like, I mean, honestly, isn't everybody... Isn't every, you know, super famous person? I mean, like, again, Jen, uh, seems like she, she, she loves her fans and stuff. Uh, but, so I'm, I'm not really talking about somebody, let's say, her level. But let's just say Brad Pitt, just to use someone, you know, insanely, insanely famous, George Clooney, uh, Angelina Jolie, any politician you can name, Barack Obama, you know, George Bush. I mean, are they, are, they, are any of them really uh, in touch with the common working man, the working class? I thought that was an ignorant comment for him to make because you can say that about anybody. And I don't even think it's so much that Anna's out of touch and she's not a quote-unquote normal woman because, you know, her husband has money, et cetera, et cetera. But they they don't live our lives, at least not now. They haven't lived their lives for years. And, you know, maybe they have lost touch. But I don't know where – I don't even know where Juan was going with that. But, uh, like I said, it was interesting. It was a, an interesting uh, scenario there. Christy gave, gave a good speech. Uh, he was being criticized by someone on Fox also that he didn't – uh, mentioned Mitt Romney much towards the end, but I, I thought he did a good job. I thought it was a good speech, and, you know, we'll see where the election goes. Uh, we don't really talk too much politics here on PG, but uh, we'll see where the election goes. We'll see if Obama gets another four years in office or if Mitt will, will take the, the throne, as it were. But, folks, uh, thanks so much to all of you for tuning in this evening. Thank you, Jen, of course, the, the wonderful Jen Lilly, who just is an amazing guest and an amazing person. Just so grateful to have her on the air, and I said like five times. Uh, thanks to uh, Christy and all the other people who called in. Just, you know, special shout-out to you. Make sure you check out Pure Gold. I mean, even if Jen's not on every week, there could be something else you find interesting here. We thank those of you who are listening or have listened uh, for tuning in. Really, just a pleasure and an honor to do the show. Thank you so much, and uh, check us out next week. We're back to our normal start time, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be joined by Tina Servacio to talk some sports. It's going to be awesome. Folks, Thanks to Heather Lynn for her her great promo. 
make sure to check us out. BeerGoldPG.com. For my partner, Joe, who is not here, this is David G. signing off, folks. And remember, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter how you say it, make sure you always keep it PG. What's the name of your show? Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure (laughs) Gold. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.